Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Janine Krauss. In this episode, we talk about acupressure points to manage stress in real time. I love these practices. We dive into different types of herbs for insomnia and stress and gracefully aging. We also touch on how much coffee is too much coffee. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Janine Krauss. Dr. Krauss, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your path. Oh, boy. Well, I I jumped into being a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist when I was Let's see. I was I was probably thinking about it when I was about 15 because my mom was going to doctor's visits and going over to see an acupuncturist. She had cancer and I was 15. Right. And I was in that state of like, oh, I have my learner's permit. You need someone to drive for you. So I thought I was just going to get a really great experience of driving. But instead, I ended up getting a lot more than that. And spent time, you know, with her acupuncturist, spent time with her naturopathic doctors and really learned how cool this medicine is. So decided that, yeah, that's what I want to do when I grow up and kind of went back and forth a little bit in terms of maybe I should be a medical doctor. Maybe I should be a naturopathic doctor. I don't know. And then finally, by the time I, I jumped into it, I, I was like, yes, I did the right thing. I decided the way to go was being a naturopath because I have so much more tools in in my toolbox as this way I see it. So my path was, you know, kind of set when I was a teenager. It's so interesting how that happens. It's usually comes from a place of there was trauma or an obstacle in life and that helped guide you really to your purpose. What happened to your mom? Mm-hmm. So she had 10 great years of, of battle with cancer. I mean, it, it really, she didn't do too bad to the last um, year of it. So she did well, and it, it was just not in her cards to live any longer. But, it w- you know, we had a great amount of time with her. And in her time with doing the acupuncture and and the naturopathic medicine, I don't think she would have lived that long because when she was diagnosed, she was already stage four breast cancer. So I think it... It just prolonged her life in a good way. And and we got what we got. So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. But it sounds at the same time that it was something that was the the guiding light. And I really like how you phrase like it was her time. So of all as a naturopathic doctor present day, what does your day to day look like? So right now, it's a little different with all this coronavirus business. My practice has been a little bit more of a urgent care. So I'm seeing folks that have things like hernias or they fell off a ladder while trying to improve their house. And and so I'm seeing a little bit more in that department. But a normal day for me is a little bit of acupuncture, a little bit of naturopathic medicine with most patients because I feel like giving someone something to take away in a visit instead of just, okay, here's all this information. I like giving the gift of of health and and just some calm because acupuncture 
is so amazing for calming folks. So my practice is really sitting down and going, all right, what's going on with you? Kind of we chat a little bit, we figure out what's going down. I also look at, you know, lifestyle stuff because we have to look at the whole picture, the environment, the person, how they're feeling and what's going on. So we go through all that. We see where the person's at and kind of figure out a plan from there. A lot of times I'm talking food, I'm talking breathing, I'm talking getting outside and exercising, mobility, things of that nature, because my practice is a little bit more focused with pain management and, and different types of pain from fibromyalgia to you just have tendonitis or perhaps you hurt yourself somewhere doing something. So I take a whole approach and get whatever I can in the visit. And I'm, I'm trying to do some more herbs than I am supplements. And I'm trying to do a little bit more lifestyle stuff. I don't like the idea of here's your suitcase of supplements. Try to figure it out. It, it doesn't work. We got to treat the person from the inside out and their environment too. So I take a whole whole person and whole environment approach and figuring out what's going on. Beautiful. I love that. My background's functional medicine. And I, I just think, how can you not look at the whole person? Like there's so many different factors at play at like all the time. And, um, I know my, my partner's really into acupuncture and I'm somebody who I've played with it a little bit. Like I've done the beads on the ears a good amount and are there any, for anyone who's listening, if they wanted to do some acupuncture, pain point massage, are there things that we can do without the proper needles? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's some really great points. Probably the most marketed points are the ones on the hand, like between the thumb and the second finger there, the, the pointer finger. There's that webbing space there on your hand. That's a nice one for headaches. It's also for just calming. I'll I'll have people, if they're feeling a little anxious and, and they're in a situation maybe where they can't get out of a meeting or something, they can just hide their hand under the table and do a little massage on this spot. There's another great one on the inside of the wrist. If you took your knuckle and you put it on where your wrist creases, and I'm talking the inside, so your palm side of your, your forearm there, you put your knuckle in the wrist crease and where your finger touches, that is something called pericardium six. That point is amazing for things like nausea, things like anxiety. So you could give a little massage there and just work those two, kind of go back and forth between those two. Those are amazing. There's also some that are on your ankle area. And so I often will have folks if they're in meetings, if they're in somewhere, they don't want to be really obvious that they're kind of getting a little anxious, you can actually take your foot and you can put it just above your ankle. And where your big toe touches on the inside of your lower leg from, you know, putting, I don't know if, if you're going to do video on, on this, but it's, um, taking your one foot on the other i'll do it for you so you can see what i'm talking about here and then we'll go from there so uh, i don't think i can do it with all my wires never mind so anyway you're taking your foot and basically so foot goes to the inside of your lower leg and you've got your like pinky toe above your inside of your ankle and you've got your big toe kind of coming just across there where that big toe lines up, you can dig into there with your big toe and give yourself a little massage. That's a point called spleen six. And it has ability to help with grounding you, but also liver, liver stress in the Chinese world. And then kidney, it's a little bit of just that chill. And then you got some digestive stuff in there too. So it's like a well-rounded point. So, so this is the point ways to kind sneak of in chill. right above the ankle. 
Yeah, I was thinking maybe I could try to put my leg up. No, that doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, see. that sounds right. Let's I feel I it. Yeah. So yeah. it's right Most above of us have like ankle. a little, yeah, right here. All of us have like a little divot there even. You could like slide your finger up and then go right there and you got to mm. divot. Yeah. Beautiful. I so love these practices. Yeah. I'm somebody who's always rubbing my hands. It's like something I've done forever. And when I was living in India, a teacher came up to me and said, do you rub your hands all the time? And I said, yeah. And she said, that means you're wise. I was like, oh, that's so nice. It's so good to hear. (laughs) Those are little life hacks that I think can really transform your day. I'm also a huge herb person. I'm literally sitting, I we have so much sage where we are in Montana. Nice. I've been making a lot of sage bundles. <laughs> but what are some herbs? So if I really want to dive into stress and, and the aging process. So what are some herbs that we mm-hmm. can really be taking for stress management or a lot of us want to stay you know, looking as fresh as we can, what are some practices that we can do? Okay. So fresh as possible, you got to be on the hydration. I see you got your, your drink there. I've been hitting my water hands down. I mean, we got to drink water anyway. And for the most part, if you have a really good filtration system, it's free. So hydration, hydration, hydration. That's what's going to keep that skin looking good and, and nice and plump and fresh. So that's like number one for, for the skin. If we go into looking at stress management, ashwagandha is my favorite for bringing cortisol down. It can be a little hard on the gut. So you got to watch that. But, but like, by far, if I'm going to get the best results to bring cortisol levels down, get someone a little bit more calm, work on hot flashes, ashwagandha is like golden. And I often will pair ashwagandha with either holy basil or lemon balm, depending on if we're looking at the daytime, holy basil can be nice to kind of take the edge off and chill you. And the lemon balm just has good flavor, but it's also a very gentle herb. So if someone's on a lot of medications, Ashwagandha might not be the best choice. Holy basil might not be the best choice, but lemon balm has no drug interactions. So lemon balm is kind of like my go-to if I'm looking at someone that's, that's taking a lot of meds but needs some chill. Now, if I'm looking in the evening and I'm going, what do I want for a nightcap? I'm thinking passion flower. I'm thinking a little holy basil. I like to use those two guys together to help with just kind of chilling folks out, getting into the evening. Sometimes I will go a little old school and play with California poppy, but you've got to have someone supervising you with California poppy if you're going to do that for the sedative effect on it. Now, mornings, if we're given a little boost, for adaptogenic types of herbs, I will do a combination of a little bit of ashwagandha and a little bit of American ginseng, so Panax ginseng. Kind of give a little gas and put a little break, so kind of even things out a little bit. If someone is, let's say, anemic, depleted, super depleted, just came off of training for a marathon or something, you know, big stressful event, I'll sometimes add in a little Romania root because that can help give a nice nourishing kind of undertone to things. So those are kind of my go-tos for stress management and like if someone's super depleted or if we need, you know, certain times of the day for energy. And then in terms of looking fresh, of course, like I said, water. I also am a huge fan of splashing water on the face and perhaps having a little bit of some sort of essential oil um, combo. I, I actually do a little spritzes with 
carrot oil. So get a little bit of, of hydration going because as we get older, the dryness is a big deal. And I'm in my 40s now, so I'm having to deal with this mixed skin where it's like a little oily, but a little dry. So having a little bit of a spritz kind of component can help as well. So for me in the morning, I actually like eucalyptus. I'm a huge fan of just, it just wakes me up. So I'll take a little bit of that and I have it in some carrot seed oil. It's got a little jojoba oil in there too. That's like kind of my spritz slash slick it up a little bit looking looking fresh combo there. In terms of things that we can do to keep ourselves going, anything with vitamin C. So that's collagen there. And for a lot of people right now, I think a lot of people hitting the, the synthetic vitamin C's up, but keep in mind that our herbs have a ton of, of vitamin A and C in them, even things like cilantro and parsley and, and getting a regular regimen of just popping some herbs like on the top of salads, on the top of the, the foods that you're going to be, you know, eating and, and things of that nature. So yeah, that's kind of like my, my go-to there. Amazing. That sounds so incredible. And everything that you're saying, I'm on the road right now. So I'm thinking, God, like, what do I even have with me? And I do have some of the things that you said <laughs> with me. And for somebody who is maybe like in quarantine right now, and they just have like the basics in their kitchen, what are some things that we can find in our kitchen that we could really use as a substitute for everything you just said? Oh man. Yeah. There's some great stuff. Uh, or oregano is a good one. I like oregano. Oregano is great for the gut as well. Just a side note. And, and oftentimes I will use oregano as like my power punch rosemary too. Thinking of all those like Italian spices, oregano, rosemary. Um, some folks will even have fennel in the house. Fennel is awesome. I love it also for bloaty, gassy kind of stuff too. So I would be thinking those as a substitute. If you didn't have cilantro, you didn't have parsley in the house. If you have dried parsley, you could get a little bit out of it. Fresh is, is always better. Um, for those of you in quarantine, maybe you could go to Amazon and get some seeds and grow some stuff. Um, that's always a lovely way to do things. Another kitchen kind of thing, if we're talking about looking fresh, you know, you can get a little sugar, you can get a little salt and do like a little basic scrub with those guys. And, and if you don't have any fancy oils, grab some olive oil. It works just fine. And avocado oil, coconut oil, those guys will work just fine. Mix a little bit of the salt or sugar with it and give yourself a nice little scrub down. It feels good. And it just gets, you know, some of that dead skin off and you can just freshen yourself up right away like that little kitchen, kitchen magic there. Beautiful. I love that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's definitely something that I can do probably even today. So what are some signs that stress could be taking over your body? Yeah. So we kind of know the basics, right? We know when we feel like a little anxious, we know when like things are building up at the house and we've got piles of stacks of things and can't find your keys. But one of the big ones that I love to talk about with folks is, is the digestive system. We start to notice that we're becoming more and more sensitive to certain foods. So you might be like, yeah, all of a sudden now I, I can't, I can't eat, you know, dairy anymore. I'm, I'm getting itchy or I'm getting breakouts. Or then someone might be noticing that they might be getting more acid reflux with tomatoes when before they could have tomatoes and there was no problem. Alcohol, unfortunately, is one of the ones that folks start to notice too. It's being like, wow, man, I had one glass of wine and I felt like crap the next day. Like, what is going on with me? So noticing subtle differences in, and man, you know, I had 
let's go with zucchini. I don't know why I'm calling out zucchini, but I have had some folks tell me like, you know, I had zucchini. I love zucchini, but it sat in my stomach like a rock. What is going on? So some of these weird, obscure things like, you know, we can basically go for some of the foods that we know are going to give us some, some issues, some of the spicier, some of the, you know, fattier things, but maybe just some everyday mundane stuff. I've had patients in my office who are like, I eat toast and I get heartburn. What's going on? Am I sensitive to, to the we? What's what's the deal? So those are the things you want to start to be looking at. Going like, is my digestive system getting weird? Also like bowel changes, start getting blocked up a little bit, start going the other direction, lose their stools. So paying attention to the gut is like my first way of, of kind of going like, is there something wrong going on? Is Is stress taking over you? Next one is just like, you can't focus to save your life. You're sitting there and you're like, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I I can't do this. And you're getting overwhelmed. I mean, the mind is a huge, huge factor for a lot of people. And that usually carries over to insomnia, which I'm sure most of us know if we can't sleep and our mind's going, yeah, of course, we're stressed. But sometimes we don't often relate it to we fall asleep just fine. We crash out, but we could be waking up multiple times during the night to go to the bathroom. That could be another sign of stress on the body. What are your thoughts on coffee? <laughs> oh boy. So the hardest part for me is because I've never been able to tolerate coffee. I have some issues with caffeine. If I have coffee, I'm like, and I'm throwing up. It's not good. But I'll say this. I do think that a little bit's okay. I think folks can handle it, but we've got to watch the gut. Because I have a ton of people that, yes, it's America's best laxative, right? A lot of people, if they didn't have coffee, they wouldn't be pooping. And I have to kind of go like, okay, we need people to be pooping. It's it's something that is, is vital. And so if the coffee's helping, great. But we've also got to put into check how much coffee we're talking here. Growing up in the Midwest where I grew up, I didn't really realize that the fortified craziness of the coffee that we have now here in, in Washington state where I live, it, it was a whole nother world. So quad shot espressos, like, I also have to ask people, how many shots do you have in, in your cup of coffee? Because it's a big difference between a regular old Folgers cup of coffee and a quad shot espresso kind of status. So we have to look at that too. Like how fortified is your coffee? Now I'm saying Folgers and no disrespect to the Folgers coffee company, Quality does matter in terms of what kind of beans you're looking at, too, because I have seen the difference between quality filtration, the processing of it, the roasting that can have a huge difference. So bottom line on coffee, smaller amounts, fine. When you're drinking a whole pot a day, you're ripping up your gut. That's what's happening. It's it's so acidic. You're going to have acid reflux. You're going to have things going on in terms of gut lining issues. It just happens over time. And if you're stressed, now we've got double trouble because you're impeding your ability to absorb nutrients with the coffee because that's what happens when caffeine goes in at over 300 milligrams, which is a little bit over your typical first cup of coffee there because most Americans don't do European cups. We have mugs, big old mugs. Mega huge. So also that's another thing. We have to quantify like how big is that cup, right? You got to be like, all right, so is it, so I have, I don't know if you're doing audio, but I have a very big fur mama cup here. This is, this is a very big mug. It's water um, or tea in there for me usually, but today's water. I 
it, that's a probably 12 ounces. The glass you have that you're drinking, I mean, that's got to be like 16 ounces or, or so. So we have to quantify how much. And I'm talking, when I'm talking about like acceptable amount of coffee, people are going to cringe and they're going to be like, she's crazy, but like eight to 12 ounces max, because you're going to be ripping your gut up after that. You're, it's just going to be hard. And usually what I'll see is if I do food sensitivity testing, folks will have some issues with the coffee. But I think the biggest thing I've been rambling on forever, but the biggest thing I think is we forget that coffee's a bean. And beans have lectins and they're just harder to digest. So it's a matter of kind of looking at how much coffee you're drinking. If you're starting to hit a regular afternoon coffee binge, we got some energy issues, right? So maybe we need to address the energy issues versus try to cover them up with coffee and like a sweet treat or things of that nature. So bottom line, I'm okay with people doing coffee. I'm just watching portion on it, watching quality on it. And if we have gotten down to limiting all kinds of foods and you're not getting any better, I have to kind of think that coffee might be a little too acidic for your gut and it might be destroying your gut lining. So yeah. Yes, absolutely. When I was started studying functional medicine and like holistic nutrition, six, seven years ago, we would have clients come in and we'd be telling them to give up, you know, gluten, dairy, corn, soy, sugar. And then we would say, and coffee. And it was like that coffee part, you would see people just like melt. They would just be like depressed Mm -hmm. after. And even I can relate. I mean, coffee is something that I, I give up regularly. I'm on it right now. And it's like, I go to bed at night and I think I can wake up in the morning and drink coffee. Like it's such a, it's such like an exciting thing. On our road trip mm-hmm. right now, we listened to Michael Pollan just came out with this like incredible yeah. two hour, yeah, on coffee. So if, uh, if anybody's listening, I highly recommend going to Audible, listen to Michael Pollan's two hour talk on caffeine. Um, it's quite interesting. So I, I just, I love hearing like naturopathic talk on coffee. Yeah, yeah, just it's it's a bummer. You know, it's delicious. I know it's a routine for folks. I totally get it because I, I look forward to, you know, my herbal teas in the morning. I, I get it. But caffeine jacks with us. It really does. It really. Oh, absolutely. Does. And, you have... and as it relates to insomnia, like I feel like so much of society doesn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a big issue. What are some practices people can use if they are suffering from insomnia? Or is that, is that also a gut issue? Very well could be. I mean, it's just a matter of looking at a couple of things. When, when someone has trouble with sleeping and whether it's falling asleep or staying asleep, they got to think a little bit about like, all right, first off, sleep hygiene. Everybody kind of knows they're not supposed to be on their screens and they know that, you know, blue light filters and those glasses and all that could be possible. But a lot of people don't do that. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Um, There's that. But there's also folks who will cut tea off within an hour of going to bed, but they've been watching like a shoot 'em up kind of show. And I think that connection should be something to consider that in the evening, it's really wise to watch more chill stuff. Like watching the horror films and watching like some serious like army kind of, you know, shoot them up show, your nervous system's going to process that all night. So getting on a habit, and this is so 
kind of cheesy, but we watch Heartland from Canada. <laughs> it's a great, like, wholesome show. But the thing about it is, is, is it just chills you out, right? It's just like a happy-go-lucky. Yeah, they have some drama, but it's nothing crazy. Your mind just eases into to bedtime. So pay attention to what you're watching. The other big thing is also looking at, you know, what's in your bedroom? Like, do you have clothes piled everywhere? Do you have like a hot mess in your bedroom? Are you literally borderline hoarding and it's just in your bedroom? You're not going to sleep well if that's going on. So we got to think about routine. And I also am a huge fan of and, and easing into the evening. Holy basil tea, Tulsi tea, nice way getting that in like two hours, not right before bed, because that's going to make you wake up and have to go pee. But two hours, maybe a little bit after dinner, you know, that's really good timing. But also you had asked about the gut in terms of sleep. A lot of people are eating and then boom, right in bed. Your stomach's got to figure out what to do with all that. And just laying fat. Now we got acid reflux, other things. So really thinking about like trying to ease your body into bedtime at least two to three hours before bed, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, she's nuts, but it'll change your life. I'm not kidding. If you put yourself into much like you in kindergarten, mom had a routine for you to go to bed. If you go back to that and really chill yourself out, you've got like reading, maybe you got some massage, maybe you've got, you know, foam rolling, whatever your jam is, yoga, something to just ease you in, you're gonna have a lot better sleep. And then environment, if your room's too hot, your room's too cold, it's too noisy, light, all that stuff does make a difference. Even having a TV, but you tell me you don't use it in your bedroom, even just getting the electronics out can make a huge difference. I'm sure you've probably seen lots of change with that too. Just chilling things out. Beautiful. I love it. I think insomnia is such an intimate uh, obstacle for so many people and it's like so charged that coming into like just even having a couple of resources to overcome insomnia is is like really of highest good. So if you had, if you went, if your words went viral and all the wise women in the world got to hear your great advice, what would you share with them? You know, the biggest thing that I see overlooked, we're thinking about herbs, we're thinking about supplements, we're thinking about all these quick fixes, but we forget the simple stuff. And in particular, breathing. And for women in particular, we are often short breathers. And we breathe really deep if we get into yoga, or we breathe really deep if we're thinking about meditating. But we don't breathe deeply on a daily basis, just hanging out, being us. And a lot of times too, and I'm just going to show a lot of folks are hunched forward because they've been beat down by life. Things have happened and, and they're armadilloing on themselves. They're, they're stressed out. It's a stress motion. And then add like your shoulders becoming your earrings. And now we've got a hot mess of not breathing. You can change a lot by getting your shoulders back and opening up your rib cage and just taking the time to breathe. Just two minutes, a minute here and there throughout the day. I have people put reminders on their computers, phones, whatever it is to just breathe. I'm glad that some of these Fitbits and, and some of these iPhones have their breathing app. But the problem is, is they get people get the breathing app and they're like, ignore, ignore. Or they'll be like, okay, I'll just sit there and breathe. You got to think about what your body's doing in the moment with the breathing, opening up the rib cage, 
getting your core opened up because all that compression is telling your nervous system that the bear's after you and it's going to keep you inflamed, but it's also going to compress your gut and mess with your gut. It's going to mess with your psoas, which is a hip flexor muscle that causes back pain. We've got a cascade of effects. So the more time you can spend with your, your rib cage opened up, breathing, working on five count inhale, seven count exhales, that's just my number. You can choose your number, but just opening up that rib cage, the more you are going to have less anxiety, you're going to have less gut issues. You're going to feel more chill throughout the day. That's my hands down recommendation and it's free. So there you go. Meditate people, breathe. Absolutely. Dr. Krause, where can everybody find you? So if you head over to drjkrausnd.com, that is my main website. I'm also hanging out on the Health Fix podcast. That is my podcast. And then on Instagram, you can see little snippets of the podcast. You can see me being silly with my dogs and, and all of that jazz. And that's Dr. Dr. and then Janine, J-A-N-N-I-N-E, last name Krause, K-R-A-U-S-E. And that's on Instagram. And those are the places that I'm hanging out and, and trying to spread the word about breathing. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to comment below what resonated with you, what came up in your heart. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and, and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please continue to subscribe, comment, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting again next week. 